Hello, it is Village Vice. It is yes. a winning edition. That's right. Hey, how about this? A Village Vice victory show. Ooh, a, the a triple V. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's been Auburn, too long. Uh, Auburn too makes long. Mississippi State, makes the Bulldogs sit, stay, heal. Uh, they were shorthanded, but uh, Auburn played great offensively. Their defense wasn't shorthanded. And Auburn's offense in that first half won the game. And uh, as a result, Tigers now have four wins on the season and a lot more optimism going forward. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. We appreciate you tuning in here for the uh, the reaction show. Uh, Zach, Auburn, I mean, I think that's where you got to start, right? Auburn came out with tempo. Peyton yeah. Horn commanded the offense in the first half very well. And um, it looked fluid. It looked good. Yeah, I think when you look holistically at how Auburn looked in the first half, it's one of the better halves that Auburn's played probably the all year, right? Against, you know, not Samford or UMass. I, I think it was pretty spectacular with what Peyton Thorne was able to do. He got several wide receivers involved, ranging from Shane Hooks to Caleb Burton to Jay Fair to Rivaldo Fairweather. Then, of course, the running game on early downs by Darquez Hunter in the first half was exceptional. It's just, it's kind of everything that we wanted this offense to be going into the season, spreading the ball out, being physical with the rushing attack, and Peyton just kind of taking what the defense gave him. That's what we thought Peyton Thorne was going to bring to this Auburn offense is, okay, whatever you're going to do defense, I'm going to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't think all of it's been on Peyton up to this point. I think it's been a lot of little things, which is kind of why this has been so frustrating to watch this offense over the course of the season. But, Brad, the first half against Mississippi State is what we wanted this offense to be. A bunch of different things make the defense have to kind of defend everything in front of you, defend every blade of grass, and that's what they did. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people were kind of in shock when the team uh, when the team kind of ran into the uh, the tunnel at half because even even that final drive of the second quarter before halftime, mm -hmm. it's like it kind of had the feeling of like, okay, maybe they'll dink it and dunk it and take a field goal, or maybe they'll run the clock out. No, they wanted to score. They wanted to score, and it was a beautiful touch pass by Peyton to, to Jeremiah Cobb to finish that. But all in all, the first 30 minutes I thought were spectacular. No, absolutely agree. And we'll try to kind of go organized with our thoughts here. I'm a little, I have to tell you, Zach, I'm a little distracted. God bless this building uh, in which I work. It's a, it's, it's much, it's not as old as it seems to be. Is it um, haunted? It, it kind of sounds that way. I don't know if you're able to pick up on it. It does. It sounds like I have Halloween goblins playing skee-ball in the walls. I don't know if it's pipes. I don't know if this thing's going to collapse in the next 30 minutes, but it's it's a little distracting. So we're going to try it. to stay focused and, uh, and go. All right. Jarquez Hunter rushed for 11 yards right up the gut to start the game. And that was great for a couple of reasons. First down success. Uh, I'm going to come back to first down success in the first half here in a little while, but yeah. um, we talked all week long about how both teams were going to try to really sell out to stop the run. And Jarquez going 11 yards on that first play affected the state defense the rest of the half. I noticed the best ball fakes of the year, best play fakes of the season from Peyton Thorne in this game. It's like he held the ball in the gut of the running back for an extra just, I mean, split second. And the state linebackers, those really talented grad player linebackers for state, bit. They mm -hmm. reacted. The ends crashed. Everybody reacted to the play fake, which meant that when Peyton pulled it, 
He had a little bit of extra time. Guys were out of position or they were, you know, he had a little extra time to make the throw that he needed to make. And so, you know, short mid-range passes, get in rhythm, all that set up by success on the very first play of the game and the ability by Connor Liu and the rest of that offensive line to push the middle of the state D line. There's some big guys in the interior of the state defensive line, but I just, I, I thought that on the first drive of the game, set up the believability of the play action very well. And that was critical to Auburn's success. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I mean, how many times have we seen Auburn struggle on third? And they actually did end up not doing great on third down over the course of the game. But yeah. when, when the offense was clicking, it was nice to see second and four pretty consistently. And yeah. that's something that Peyton Thorne has not been able to see in this offense. Some of that I think has been execution. Some of that's been play design. Some of that has been penalties, right? I mean, it's a lot of different things that, that have been holding this offense back. And it was consistently second and short and second and medium throughout the course of the first half. And, and Peyton and the rest of this offense um, did that because the linebackers have to react when the ball is being faked to the running back on a second and four situation. They got to defend yep. everything. That's the beauty of winning on first down. And they did it. They did it. Now, over the yep. course of the game, they did not. Auburn was four of 11 mm -hmm. on third down, which isn't great. You know, you want that to be better, especially with the way you yeah. started. But it did kind of seem like Auburn made the decision to back off a little bit in the second half on both sides of the ball. So, we'll, you know, we'll probably talk about that over the course of the week. But, yeah, Brad, I mean, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. Jarquez Hunter setting the tone. And then even that big run at the end, I think it was a 50-yard run to kind of cap off this game and kind of put a nice bow on it. I mean, Jarquez Hunter, over the last two weeks, he's looked like we thought Jarquez Hunter would look. Yeah, it's been really good to see. Kind of wish you could play teams from Mississippi the rest of the way, if that has anything to do with it. I don't I don't think it does. I think Jarquez just, you know, he's healthy. He's getting back in a groove now and yeah. finding his role within the offense. First down consistency, you mentioned. I charted specifically first down plays in the first half. And in the first half, Auburn had 97 yards on 10 first down plays, all right? The pass to Javarius Johnson was on a first down. That's 45. So if you take that out now, they still have, what's that, 52 yards on eight first down plays. That's almost, set, that's like six and a half yards a play. Yeah, you take okay? that. Yeah. Take out Jarquez's first run for 11 yards. You're still averaging five yards a carry on first down. And it was, it was, consistently six yards here, eight yards here, six more here up. I mean, right down the line on the sheet. And, um, only one drive that I remember in the first half you had, I mean, you had the offensive pass interference penalty, mm -hmm. which, which I thought at first was a good, was a good call. Frankly, in real time, when it happened, I motioned to Andy behind me. I said, that's our guy with the push. Um, I, I don't know, you know, once I saw it slow motion, I wasn't as sure, but neither here nor there. That's yeah. really the only time Auburn shot itself in the foot. And as a result, they didn't get points. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is amazing how one thing like that can make such a big difference when, when an offense is rolling. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of the timing of the third drive where Peyton had those two incredible scoring drives and they put Robbie in to start that second drive or that third drive. And then they pulled him, but that wasn't the the OPI drive, was it? That was a different drive. 
I think it was a different drive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they, they didn't score on that drive either when uh, when they started so close in there to their end zone. But I, I mean, I was happy with the game plan, Brad. I'm curious to see what the offense looks like moving forward. It just looks so different mm-hmm. than what we've seen this year. And so many people are saying, like, "Well, Mississippi State stinks." It's like, well, that's not really an argument because Vandy stinks and Arkansas stinks and New Mexico State's. You know th- that that is what it is. Like, this is what you're playing until the Iron Bowl. Like, that's kind of the tier that we're at. Yeah. And yeah. statistically, Mississippi State's defense was fine, right? Like, it's not a bad defense, but... you, you, you have something? No, I was just going to say you're right. It's Their their defense wasn't missing a couple of starters. I mean, you can... Ma- I understand, and if we were on the state side of it, I'd be making the argument, look, we did our best without our starting quarterback and without our starting running back. I'd make that argument, too. But mm-hmm. they weren't missing a ton of guys on defense. No, they weren't. But, I mean, just... The way Peyton processed everything, like mm-hmm. he's, everything seemed smoother. Everything seemed quicker. It seemed more crisp. There was more movement to the offense. I mean, it was a different style of play calling. It was a different style of play. Guys executed. They were getting open. I mean, there, there's a lot that went to it. And sure, Mississippi State's not a great football team. Like, let's be very clear on that. In fact, their you know their bowl eligibility is in question up to this point, but just making this about Auburn, like it felt and looked different. And I think that's probably the most important aspect yeah. of all of this, because we've talked about how it's close. Peyton Thorne talked about it in the media last week is like, hopefully it clicks soon. Like I feel like we're close. We're putting the work in and they weren't just close in the first half on Saturday. It was there. Yeah, it was there. And I think that should be a credit to, this team for not giving up because you look throughout this conference and it looks like there are some teams that have given up. I mean, Mississippi state is probably close to that point. Arkansas is probably at that point. And Auburn had every reason to be losing four straight games. And and they're kind of showing that, Hey, we're not going anywhere. We're going to continue to, to yeah. fight the remainder of the season. I think that's pretty telling. Yeah, I I think so too. Uh, af- we'll talk a little more about it after uh, you tell everyone about our friends at my bookie. Dot ag Zach because there's yes. plenty more to talk about from this game. Yes, mybookie.ag is the best place to uh to gamble in all of your sports action. Doesn't matter where you live, mybookie has you covered. Go to mybookie.ag, make a free account. And when you are ready for that first deposit, use promo code next round. We'll take care of you. Or I guess my bookie will take care of you on behalf of us, but it helps the show out a ton, and you will have a blast wagering on all the uh the lines and props and everything going on at my bookie. It's a great time of year to be a sports fan, especially with uh, college basketball starting soon, the NBA, both college and pro football. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff happening right now, even the World Series. So um, mybookie.ag, make a free account. When you make that first deposit, use promo code next round. Do you think the quarterback stuff, Brad, is done? Do you think this whole rotation is done? Robbie had two snaps. On those two snaps, he carried the ball twice for eight yards. That's what we were looking at with Robbie Ashford's usage. Do you think that the rotation is done and that's kind of what Robbie's role is going to be moving forward? Or will it be a situation where, okay, we see Auburn in Nashville this Saturday and then Robbie's back taking 15 snaps. What do you think is going to happen here? I think it, it'll be similar as long as it's working. I think if Auburn bogs down offensively for a long stretch, mm-hmm. Because you can't just keep doing it. That's insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. So 
you know, you have to do something different. I would imagine two snaps is low. I don't think he'll have as few as that the rest of the way, but I don't think he'll have 20 the rest of the way, barring something really out of the blue. Um, I think you could get back to a little more red zone type package, although, you know, I, I like the way they executed when they were in the red zone, even without Robbie in this right. game. Love the play call to Jeremiah Cobb. My goodness, did I love that play call and the execution was just perfect. Um, I thought that Peyton's comfort, though, had more to do with tempo than it did the absence of Robbie. And I could be wrong about that. It may be that he was on the field more. He wasn't coming on and off the field as much. But I, I just thought Peyton in the tempo looked m more comfortable than Peyton with a whole half, if that makes sense. Um, that touchdown to Jeremiah Cobb was the only snap he played. Yes. Yeah. Weird. That's weird, right? <laughs> That's strange. That's strange yeah. to anybody? Just just me? I don't well, know. it is because, I, I mean, I think at this point you're not you, – red shirt's not even – it's not on the table. So right, he's yours for November. Wouldn't be surprised – I say I wouldn't be surprised to see him used more in the month of November, but you just got Damari back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jarquez is looking like old Jarquez – there's only one football and there's only so many plays in a game. So I don't know. Maybe the spot explosiveness is what you get with uh, with Jeremiah for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta think the way that they use him when he's on the field defensively, you have to know that he's there. Mm -hmm. You you have to treat him a little bit differently, which I thought was gonna be kind of how Brian Batty was gonna be used. And we haven't really seen that as much as I thought we would. Yeah. So uh, even with Austin out, now that he's back, I feel like you're certainly not going right. to Could be wrong. But, yeah, there's four really good backs that you feel comfortable with. And, yeah, like you said, only one and, football. And if your goal is to substitute little, you know, to, to only substitute a little bit, then, well, it makes sense. If you get down to number three, number four on the depth chart at a position, you're just not going to see them as mm -hmm. as much so it was good to see him in there it's good to see the execution again I just i love the play call and was glad for jeremiah that he got the catch in the end zone yeah what'd you think of the receiving game on saturday well it brought back a, a conversation that we had during the week and and uh the the one to hooks notwithstanding and i love his toughness and not just to make the catch but the touchdown or the drop the the, the touchdown, touchdown? Gotcha. yeah um not just the catch, but the way he dragged the guy to the end zone. He finished the play. Mm -hmm. He kind of looked like a guy who'd been challenged by his receivers coach, by Marcus Davis, and maybe by the head coach who, you know, has a has an affinity for receivers. Um, but you mentioned the possibility of some of the smaller receivers on the roster uh, stepping up down the stretch, and Jay Fair, Javarius Johnson, um, those were the guys who made, and Caleb Burton. Kayla Burton, Malcolm Johnson Jr. got a catch. Um, yeah. The disbursement was one thing, but again, the the speed, the ability to get free, and the consistency to make the catches. I was impressed by what I saw from from the Auburn receivers. And what do you chalk that up to? It's not one guy getting nine balls, so he's in a rhythm. Um, but it was spread out. It was really good to see. I think you got to have that the rest of the way. Yeah, Rivaldo four targets, four catches. Jay Fair three targets three catches, then Jarquez had two, Camden had two, Damari had two, uh, Javaris Johnson had two. I mean, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. Everybody who was targeted in the game plan on Saturday had a catch. Yeah. 
And I believe that's the first time that's happened this year. In so, fact, it's it's the first time 11 different receivers caught a pass for the first time since the Samford game in 2019. So, that. and it would have been 12 had they not been called for uh, illegal man downfield on Brandon Frazier's catch. Brandon Frazier, yeah. Because right. we were, Paul Allen and I were just talking about that right before that play. We we're like, you know, no tight end other than Rivaldo has caught a pass today. And the mm -hmm. very next play was was the pass to Frazier, and he made a yeah. nice little nifty little catch on that too, picking it up off the grass. Man, I uh, I love it when they target him. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're throwing it to him enough. I mean, especially with the success Peyton's had throwing it to tight ends, and some of that has to do with Rivaldo being very good. But yeah, I mean, I'd rather them throw to Frazier at this point than Deal or Fromm. I mean, no disrespect to those guys. I just I, I think I trust Frazier more in the passing yeah. game right now. Yeah, I mean, he well, and, and you should because he's more proof this year of being able to make the yeah. catches, whether it's over the middle or in the red zone or what have you. There are a lot of firsts since in this game. Um, and this this is more of a stat to tell you how much the offense has struggled before Saturday. But the two touchdowns in the first quarter were the first time this year that Auburn's had two touchdowns in the first quarter. Didn't happen against UMass. Didn't happen against Samford. Um, first time all year, first passing touchdown in a first quarter this year. And they got two of them. So that's so bad. Man. I know like, and I'm going through, so I'm going through in the booth, the, the sports info staff does a great job with their game notes and I'm going through and they list all the scoring drives for the year and they, they note the quarter in which it happened. And so I'm looking at it and I go, well, that can't be right. Surely we had one. Okay, Shirley Sanford. Sure. Nope. And don't call me Shirley. It's not, it just wasn't there. It hadn't happened. Yeah. I'm remembering now the meltdown that happened early in the Sanford game because of the pick in the end zone. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's a, that's a great note. <laughs> the kind of the perspective of like the such slow starts. And I mean, we found Auburn like in a hole multiple times, mm -hmm. right? I'm thinking like Georgia, we were up 10 nothing. Yep. But was it was it just three nothing at the end of the first quarter then, I guess? I think that's right. Yeah. It, I, I'll have to go back and look there. Yeah, but I, I'm just I'm perplexed by that stat. We did not discuss that in our production meeting. It was I'm, 10 to I'm nothing. No, now. It was 10 to nothing, but it was a rushing touchdown, and it wasn't two touchdowns. Got it. So the state game was the first time Auburn scored two touchdowns in the first quarter, and it was the first time they'd had a passing touchdown at all in the first quarter. Insane. <laughs> and again, that's not to say look at how great it was Saturday because it really was welcome and refreshing, but to give you some context. Yeah, of, it was so much better than what it's been. Right. So much better than what it's been. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the, the question now is, is the, and I know that's one of the bullet points on the right, is what does this do going forward? How would we have felt if Auburn had come off of Texas A&M and instead of hosting Georgia, they had hosted Mississippi State and coming off the A&M loss, they had beaten Mississippi State 27 to 13. If we're exactly in the same spot except today is, sept uh, is uh, October 1st instead of October 29th. How would we feel about this team going forward? I don't know. Not. I guess that doesn't really matter. But 
We just we had kind of yeah. talked about how you had that four game stretch on the schedule, and now you're in the midst of this next segmented four game stretch before the Iron Bowl, and I think now you're right back up there on that Hope Rock again, hanging out. Yeah. And speaking of the Hope Rock, um, you want to tell our <laughs> friends about Manscaped? Oh, do I ever! You know, Halloween is coming soon. What are what are you dressing up as for for Halloween, Zach? Um. My kid's father, I guess. <laughs> you want no part of where I'm going with this, do you? No. You know, it could be that on Halloween, people will look at you and go, oh, you're the wolf man. Look at you. You're you're some other hairy beast. It doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. You can go to manscaped.com. Use our promo code VICE. <laughs> Hold it together. Use our promo code VICE. Save 20% plus get free shipping with the code VICE at manscaped.com. They are the best in men's grooming. Whether we're talking about the handy compact, uh, the handyman, the face shaver uh, that I used again this morning, as a matter of fact, or you know what? Coming up on this Halloween season, you don't want any scary creatures crawling around in your bushes. No, sir. Get the lawnmower 4.0 at manscaped.com. Save 20%. Get free shipping using the promo code VICE. Manscaped is the best in men's grooming. I think we're in the middle of a win streak. I think yeah. a win streak just started. I think Auburn's going to win four in a row. I think my child is here. I don't know where my wife is. I love um, it. But I, I think Auburn's in a situation where I feel very good about Bandy. I feel very good about Mississippi State and obviously New Mexico State moving forward, Brad. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. See, I've got, I've got ghosts and goblins playing skee-ball in the office and Zach has his kids crashing the the podcast. I will say that uh, when Auburn goes on the road here Saturday against Vanderbilt, it's still got to prove that it can put together some consistency on the road. So uh, it's got to prove something. Still, if, if you look at, or what do they have to prove now? They've shown that they can put together a solid half of offense. Can you, is it realistic to expect that for a full game? Um, I think more than that, those can they do it on the road? Cal, A and M, LSU, poor starts, poor starts, and poor finishes. Um, LSU maybe didn't finish poorly, but the game was out of hand, so it didn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you have to start better against Vanderbilt because no matter how much more talent you have than Vanderbilt, or how much more cohesion you have than Arkansas, you go on the road in the SEC and you start slowly and you give these teams a little bit of belief, you you can lose these games. You're not just going to win because you show up with the with the AU on the helmet. Yeah, I, I think Auburn's devotion to running the ball early now is changing who this team is midseason. I mean, they didn't seem to want to do that early. And maybe they mm -hmm. couldn't, right? Maybe Jarquez was actually a little, you know, shaken up more than we realized. Who, who knows? Who knows? But it just seems different. Yeah. I also think, and he graded terribly on PFF, but the eye test, like I thought Connor Lou changed the running game, like personally. I just thought the push yeah. that they got on the interior was better than it normally is. Could that have been Mississippi State? Sure. It totally mm -hmm. could have been. Could it have been the scheme slowing guys up because they had to make more decisions? Sure. Totally could have been. But regardless, it was better. Right? That, that's really all that matters is that yeah. it was better. And I think if you could do it against Mississippi State, you could do it against Vandy, and you could do it against Arkansas. Vandy's in a situation, right, where 
Auburn can line up and beat Vandy. They should be able to. Yeah. If not, there's problems. I give if you that. If not, there's problems. But uh, when you look at Arkansas, they go to Florida this weekend. Yeah. And this is just a broken team where if they've got to go play in a place where, like, I know Florida's not as good yeah. as uh, they, they should, probably should be at this point. But that's a tough place to play. And that's going to be a yeah. physical football game. Then they got to go back to Fayetteville. I think that falls in a really nice spot if you're Auburn. I think yeah. Auburn benefits from the timing of when that game is played. I know it's going to be back-to-back road games, but I mean, I think Auburn's got a shot to, you know, get a coach fired, which is always kind of something that's interesting to see your op- an opportunity kind of pop up in front of you in conference play. So, yeah. And and also, I mean, this is an Arkansas team that a lot of people really believed in going into the season. It didn't go the way they thought that it would. Like that locker room has to be in a tough state emotionally. And we've seen Auburn teams go through that too, where like over the course of the year, yeah. they're just not as in it as they were. Right. And I, if Sam Pittman could hold it together, props to him. And I like Sam Pittman. I think he's I think he's a fine coach. I think he's underachieved the last three years, but it is what it is. Um but I think Auburn's in the. I think they just started a four-game winning streak, yeah. and I think they're going to be seven and four going into the Iron Bowl. And I think that is an incredible situation to be in, and a situation that ninety percent of Auburn fans would have taken going into the season. One hundred percent. And if you don't think this place would be jacked up for a seven and four Auburn team hosting. Alabama, but riding a four-game winning streak, if that yes. happens, this place will be just as jacked up as if both teams were undefeated coming in. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe not that, but I, I oh, do yeah. think, oh, I no, do it would. think it's, it's going to be electric. It's going to be electric. Yeah. There's no question about it. Now, um, we got to get, we, we get there. I'm very curious about Arkansas this week against Florida because they've had a week off. They have, a new, you know, they have an interim offensive coordinator, so theoretically you could make the argument, all right, the old way is gone and they're not going to struggle as much and we'll see what they look like offensively. If yeah. Arkansas can't reinvent itself, I look at the, I have a, a healthy respect for Arkansas in Fayetteville, even though Auburn's done well there historically. Sure. But I just, I look at that team and I go, they can't be that bad with KJ Jefferson at quarterback. They can but, though, Brad. But they, like, can't, they can't, no, but they have, they have been. been. Yeah, yeah right. they have been. They um, have been. Vanderbilt has given up 30 or more points Every week since September 2nd, since they played Alabama A&M, okay? 36 to Wake Forest, 40 to UNLV, 45 to Kentucky, 38 to Missouri, 38 to Florida, 37 to Georgia, 33 to Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, and some of those teams you mentioned are good, and some of those teams you mentioned have better offenses than Auburn, but... Some don't. Some don't. (laughs) Yeah. Some certainly don't, and and it's not like their offense is, you know, extremely explosive either, so... I think this is going to be a similar looking game to what we just saw. I think if Auburn scores in the twenties, that's enough. And you know, then you win two in a row and then you get ready for Arkansas. So I like the spot that Auburn's in. This is exactly what I predicted going into the season. Mm-hmm. And I think Auburn's going to finish with an opportunity to be either eight and four or seven and five when it's all said and done, they're going to play in a bowl game better than the Birmingham bowl. This is yep. everything's okay. The four <laughs> games in a row were brutal. It stinks that Auburn lost that gauntlet. But most teams in college football probably would have done the same thing. So yeah. they've got a chance to win these, uh, to win four in a row. And then, you know, uh, Iron Bowls against hot teams uh, in Jordan Hare Stadium. You know, you just never know what's going to happen.
So that's right. Uh, we'll talk about all that and more throughout the week. Brad, I think that about does it for today's show. It does. Thanks everybody for watching. We will take them one game at a time. We promise you that. Remember, by the way, by the way, had somebody yell at me at the Tiger Tailgate Show 10. He goes, Brad. I go, yeah, yeah, man. He goes, Village Vice. Love it. So we appreciate you tuning in and uh, we love public shout outs. We really do. Until next time, remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Oh,